It is an absolute gift to be joined by Debbie Wright, who leads Trent Vineyard in Nottingham, the church where B and I met, um, got to hang out and eventually got engaged, got married, um, but also oversees the vineyard movement in the UK. So thank you so much, Debbie, for carving out space it's to join total us. Total pleasure. Total pleasure. So we're asking some friends and leaders that we love and trust the same two questions. The first one is based in Matthew 16, where Jesus says to the Pharisees, you can look at the stars and you can forecast the weather, but why can't you read the signs of the times? So we're trying to ask leaders, where do you see God at work right now? Because we we believe it's our task as followers of Jesus to figure out where God's at work and to jump on board. So that's the first question. And the second question, which we'll get to later, is just personally, what are you learning right now? This is such an extraordinary time. You know, where where are you, yeah, learning more about God and the kingdom in this season? So first question, yeah, where's where do you see the work of God, you know, in your community, but nationally, maybe even globally? Yeah, do you know, I really believe that there is such an extraordinary activity of the Holy Spirit at the moment. And um, we're having to sort of find new ways of discerning what he's doing and catching up, but we're all pivoting, but trying to really discern the Spirit, not just moving with, you know, a great idea in this moment, but actually discern the Spirit. I think we in the vineyard feel that the Lord began to prepare us for something. But at the same time, with the rest of the churches in the UK, where we've been all praying in, in unity, like we've seen never before in history, I mean, across yeah. denominations. And I think together with prayer and kind of a, a tune to the prophetic, we feel the Lord was preparing us for something that, that was going to be birthed in this season. So I feel like we're, we're almost, um, are we in the labour pains? Is it the, the, the babies like coming out? Or, you know, I do think we're going to come through this time transformed. And yeah. some really good things are happening amidst the pain. And labour is always painful. And I just want to just can I I don't know if you, you've heard about these two dreams that I had about giving yeah, birth sure. to babies and then and then something Carol Wimber said. So this is like a couple of years ago, out of the blue, I never dream dreams. So I am probably quite prophetic, but I don't dream dreams. And I had this this dream. I woke up in the morning, I was crying because I'd had a baby, I'd lost the baby. And I just was like, Lord, I'm not I'm I'm menopause, you know, I'm past the menopause. I can't have babies. Yeah. And I but Lord, how is it that I could have if I'd only known? And I felt the Lord say, If you'd known, what would you have done? I thought, well, I would have nurtured the baby and myself, I would have gone to the doctors, I would have paid attention, yeah. I would have prepared. So I felt the Lord say, Start preparing. And I started to sort of talk about let's nurture expectations. So we started fasting as a as a movement. So 21 days in January before our National Leaders Conference, not for the National Leaders Conference itself, but for what God wanted to do with us, um, through us in a season ahead for something that's coming, a real sense that something's coming. And um, and I'm not saying that the something has come yet, but I do think this yeah. is like the labour pains of what's to come. Yeah. And we began to pray. Then I, I had another, a year later, um, I had another dream where I'd had a baby. It was a healthy baby, I think. And then, um, but I'm asking like, what is this also? I've had the baby. It's going to be a healthy baby. It's going to be all right. And uh, I mean, maybe a couple of those. And I was talking about it with, uh, just in January, I was in Israel. I was talking about it with Susie and Nicola, who were traveling with me, they're on our staff. And I said, these, ba- these baby dreams, you know, what's going on? And, um, and as we were asking, that night, I had an email from a young girl in our church who'd also had a dream about a baby. And she'd given the baby away to someone else to hold and they dropped the baby. And so the important thing was, you know, you're going to get this baby, don't drop the baby. Yeah. So again, this thing, yeah. pay attention to the baby that's coming. So um, as we entered this season, 
I thought this is something really serious. The Lord's birthing something in this season. Yeah. But together with that, there was this word that we heard from Carol Wimber. Now, she's been carrying this word for six years, uh, for about six years. And we interviewed her this summer just for a, the story of the vineyard. At the end of it, yeah. she gave this word. She said, this isn't just for the vineyard. This is for everybody. Every Everybody needs to hear this word across the church worldwide. Something is coming. And she said twice, she said, it's going to be terrible but amazing, or it's going to be terrible and wonderful. And it's going to affect everybody, but everybody needs to take their place. Take your place. And um, so as, I, as we came away from that, I thought, what does it mean? And so in this season, what does it mean to take our place? I think the Holy Spirit is stirring every one of us to take our place in terms of firstly our identity. Who yeah. are we in Christ? What are the gifts he's given us? But also, where are we in our family or in our job you know where do we have influence whether it's as simple as serving in a supermarket how am i representing jesus as i serve others on the front line as a doctor a surgeon as a politician as an estate agent if i'm locked in lockdown how am i representing christ in this season and i am just amazed and excited at, at um, how different Christians, and certainly in the vineyard, we're hearing story after story of people stepping up to this moment to meet the needs of their neighbours yeah. and friends, to pray for healing and see healing over the internet on phone calls, on recorded messages. I mean, amazing generosity and kindness and volunteers yeah. coming out the woodwork to, to be able to um, take food to food banks and just yeah. all that stuff. It's amazing what God is doing. So in terms of 21 days of fasting, which is incredible to think that within a month or two of that, we would all find ourselves in lockdown thinking, oh, my goodness, what's happening? And yet believing that God is at work, that God takes all things and works them for good. In terms of like, you know, how are you nurturing as, as a kind of family, as a church in Nottingham? How are you nurturing expectation now, recognising that we're still waiting for this kind of new life to break out? What does that look like now? Not getting, because uh, we can get very anxious, can't we? Anxious about, yeah. first it was anxious as we went into lockdown, anxious about getting the virus, anxious about who was going to be affected, and now anxious yeah. about coming out of lockdown. And I think for me, yeah. it was like the, the Lord kept saying, this isn't a time for anxiety and fear, Debbie. This is a time to tra be for transformation. It's a time for repentance. Yeah. So interestingly, I felt the Lord say, you know, in this wake-up call, you um, will see the the world turning to God, like, and I'm not saying they're necessarily turning to God in a big way, but they're turning to prayer. Yeah. They're buying yeah. Bibles in it, more than we've ever seen before, and I'm yeah. having conversations with people who aren't believers, and they're all referencing spiritual thoughts and and they're yeah. thinking in a different way to they've thought before. So I think something's happening with them. With us as Christians, I think that this is a moment to go, Lord, I want to be prepared. I want to nurture this and I that means you know if I was pregnant I'd be taking vitamins I'd be eating the right yeah. food what am I digesting what am I listening to am I spending yeah. my time watching Netflix no I've heart I mean yeah. of all the times when I've got more time I am um, listening to podcasts that are feeding my soul yeah. I'm reading the scriptures I'm I'm taking on you know like even I'm seeing things I've not seen before you know when Jesus is talking about you know to his disciples preparing them when they when he tells them you're going to have trouble but the Holy Spirit's going to come and yeah. he says you know um you know don't worry don't be fearful because in me in me you'll overcome he's the one who overcame yeah. and it's like I can only do this in Christ. I mean, what does yeah. that mean? And I just sitting there with the reality that just 
it, it, it's just been bigger than ever, this awareness that I am in Christ and we're going to do amazing things um, with courage and I want to get like, yeah. I'm building myself up for what's to come and not trying to dwell too much on um, the the pain of losing um, this, the big, you know, like we're a yeah. big church. I love worshipping with a crowd. I mean, the buzz, yeah. the worship, as soon as the band kicks off, when it's big, yeah. I'm there with my, I, I, <laughs> I, how much of that, I mean, I began to say to myself, Lord, in that intimate moment, how much of the, is that, um, am I performing in front of other people? Yeah. Was it genuine? Was that real worship? Was it, were you, yeah. were you receiving that as my worship? What does my worship look like now? And then mm. finding that actually I, I, I can listen to worship on, on all sorts of, you know, uh, the phone yeah. and everything, but it's not the same as being in that room. And I'm having to yeah. find new ways to connect with the Lord and demonstrate my worship to him. But it's it's not as musical as I thought it was because I, I'm, yeah. and I'm missing being with my, you know, my church worshipping together. Oh, that's yeah. been a huge... Was it an idol? I don't know if it was. I just feel it's a testing time. Will you worship yeah. me even without the big music, the band and the people around you? Will you sense my spirit in that time on your own? Are you going to wait for me? You know, yeah. and I, I feel so much like the Song of Songs, you know, you know, awaken and, and um, yeah. you know, where, you know, come to me. You know, like the whole thing is just... Uh, you know, a Matt Redman song that he wrote years ago, one of his first ones, Wake Up My Soul, you know, yeah, and Psalm classic. 57, I think it is. And and it's like, wake up my soul. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I want to wake up to you in a new yeah. way. You know, so I think yeah. it's our, our own relationship with the Lord being just strengthened and deepening. At the same time, it's like every day we face crisis. I mean, every, I cannot tell you how many uh, our teams have faced different crises, our, yeah. our children, I mean, and like, and the Lord's saying, don't get anxious, Debbie. You know, that's a yeah. command. I've told you not to worry. Yeah. It's not good for you to worry. Don't go there. And it's like that discipline of not, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. So in, in terms of, you know, revival, I love that these very vivid dreams then about new life, you know, and the word revival literally means, you know, new life. And yet revival historically often breaks out in moments of a wilderness where there's desperation um, there's a spiritual hunger that emerges. And I kind of feel like we're experiencing both, aren't we? That this feels like a wilderness moment where things are being exposed, and they always are in, in the wilderness. So idols are being exposed. You know, we spoke before we started filming about what's happening right now in terms of the aftermath of George Floyd's death and, and racism is being exposed. So all of this stuff is being exposed in the wilderness. And yet the wilderness is the place where God woos his people back to him and pours his love out upon them. And actually the wilderness is often the place where life breaks out. And that's a sign that it's God. It's not something we did in our own strength. So how do you live in that? that kind of in-between place where we are grieving. I feel the same. Oh, I can't wait to gather with the people of KXC again. So I'm grieving, but there's hope because I believe that God's at work in the most extraordinary way. How are you personally like holding those two intentions? Well, I think, you know, um, we are on a journey through the wilderness, as you say. I think that one of the key things that happens before any revival is repentance. 
And I think that, as you just mentioned, and we were talking about earlier about what happened when we all became aware of this killing of George Floyd and we were, you know, it was we were sickened by the the sense of it. And I do think um, as a white person who has I didn't know I was privileged. I, I never really thought through those things before these last couple of weeks. I've really been able to reflect more deeply about my own lack of awareness and sensitivity yeah. to what my black brothers and sisters were experiencing as a collective group. Um, yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's the American context, but there's a UK context to what yeah. our brothers and sisters have suffered. And so I think that part of this sense of anticipation for revival, which, will, which I do believe is going to come at some point, part yeah. of the journey is repentance. And so on the racial thing yeah. itself, there is a pivoting that's happening, a turning from our old ways of thinking to embracing more listening, more serious yeah. listening. I think that's the first step is we can't make any changes until we've truly listened and then yeah. um, invite our brothers and sisters from Uh, our black brothers and sisters, our Asian brothers and sisters, people from different cultures and minority groups to be, to have a seat at the table of influence. What does it look like for our church family to really be your family? Because I had assumed that we were people's family. But I've realized that they've, they, some of them haven't felt they could truly be themselves. That would that be all right? All these things. So I think um, in this moment, there's, as you say, there's like, an awareness that the Spirit of God is with us. He's meeting with us. New things are happening. I mean, in our Vineyard Kids, our, our Trent Vineyard Kids, are um, actually, they are now filming, sharing devotionals. So we've got eight-year-old children doing devotionals that then in the mid- midweek, they're being shared with the other kids. So yeah. we're raising up leaders in a new way at a young yeah. age. And Stunning, just, yeah. you know, seeing, again, the, the healings that we're seeing. Uh, we're doing yeah. healing rooms and, and um, wow. prophetic stuff and just all sorts of things where we're seeing, like we had 60 people on the evening of Pentecost sign up to receive yeah. healing. And so we had to mobilize 120 and more people to minister on Zoom calls, going into small <laughs> rooms. Brilliant. And we saw phenomenal things happen. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. So these are exciting things that we're seeing, you know, and, and also just the, we we thought like, would we have to let go of some of our hallmarks? So at Trent, we've yeah. got one of them is doing things well. Well, yeah. at, be- at the beginning, nothing was going well. <laughs> it was like, it was just, we were, in, in our attempts to do things well, we were missing the real need, yeah. which was to connect. And then we had to say, we yeah. came up with a phrase, connection over perfection. And actually yeah. doing things well for us in the moment is about connecting with our people. We realized we yeah. had probably 2,000 people of our kind of, you know, three and a half thousand kind of congregation. 2,000 of them were not in small groups. And so, yeah. and some of them, we didn't have their addresses. So we yeah. managed to get a, a connection thing going, a big team mobilized. And in the last month, we've connected with 2,000 people who weren't in small groups. Wow. So, I mean, and some of them were divine appointments. So actually we've realized our church really cares. Like that compassion yeah. hallmark is just, you know, and generosity and it's just, just exploded in this time. So yeah. it's good things, but it's also repentance personally yeah. repenting from my own idols of 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 what it meant to be in a, in what looked you know the gather community i yeah. think you know one little thing that i shared in a in a little thought that i shared online was that um i for 30 years had false nails like acrylic nails yeah. Um, yeah. which i know this generation are probably more natural than than my generation i'm 50 yeah. 
seven, I think. I can't remember my exact age. But um, they've gone, and I like they, they're just awful. And I've been doing gardening and things that I don't I don't lift heavy weights and do yeah. rough work, you know. But I've been having I've been doing all those things. But I feel like there's a a letting go of things that I thought were important and an embracing things that are just it's just lovely to cook for a family again and to clean, yeah. which I've usually had a cleaner. And um, yeah. and it's been actually these things are good for us. They're so good for us. Yeah. Amazing. Final question then, uh, you know, just building on the sort of these visions of new life. Then, having had the dreams and like heard Carol Wimber articulate what she sensed sensed is to come. In terms of your biggest prayer now, as you look on the horizon, trusting God that He's at work and that new life's you know you know coming. What what's your biggest prayer? Do you know I I. My biggest prayer is that is that for the people who are believers, that they would um, kind of go with the transformation um, that the Lord wants to do with them. It's painful, but to actually yeah. stick with it and come through the other side, through the refiner's fire, through the fire, to come out the other side, really more effective, more yeah. committed, more passionate about the Lord. And then for unbelievers, that they would wake up yeah. and meet Jesus and we would be able to disciple them effectively, you know, which, whatever tools we have to use. Yeah. Debbie, that's been such a gift. You're an inspiration and you and John, the church you lead, but the role you play nationally, you are such an incredible gift. So thank you so much for joining us. God bless. God bless you.